Gackers, yackers, welcome to the premiere episode of the Gak Yak, a GAC TV podcast where we yak about the Gak. I'm Chad Maurice, and this podcast is going to be both video and audio. The video will be streamed on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and the audio will be available on all the major podcast platforms. If you're watching this and you're wondering why I'm wearing a winter jacket, earmuffs, goggles, and a crown, it's because today we are talking the Winter Palace. And you know what? I'm taking these goggles off because I can't see anything. I'm keeping earmuffs, though. Why is this movie called The Winter Palace? I don't know. There is winter, but there is no palace. There's a chalet, which is like a fancy cabin in the woods. And when I hear the term cabin in the woods, I think of another movie where people are getting killed. So I'm hoping nobody gets killed in this movie. Although, seeing Neil because I bled so getting mauled by zombies, that's a movie I'm here for. Sign me up. <laughs> Off the GAC website, the summary of this movie says a novelist with a severe case of writer's block is given the chance to finish her book at an empty winter chateau. She's surprised when the property's owner, a prince, decides to come to stay as well. It's written by T.W. Peacock, who did a royally rap for Christmas, which is another GAC Christmas movie, and a couple episodes of When Hope Calls and a bunch of other stuff. It was written by Greg Rawson and Brian Sawyer, who's done, they both have written a lot of, a ton of made-for-TV movies. It stars Neil Because I Bled So and someone named Danica. Not exactly sure who she is. Uh, she looks a little familiar. I think I saw her in a Geico commercial one time. This must be the first movie she's ever made. Right away, I knew I was going to like this movie because the main characters are named Emily and Henry, which are the same names of the main characters in one of my favorite holiday movies, Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And my friends over there at the Hallmark Bliss podcast, Haley and Sam, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> High five, ladies. <laughs> so this movie opens up with some beautiful shots of some snowy mountains and some snowy streets, and I'm here for it. Love the scenery. We see Emily walking down the street with her BFF, Becca, in Boulder, Colorado. Nanu, nanu. That's where Mork lived with Mindy. Mork for Mork. Come in, Orson. Anyway, we find out that Emily is a writer who's having writer's block. Because both her neighbors on both sides of her are redoing their kitchens and it's too noisy and she can't concentrate. Now, what are the odds that someone's going to have two neighbors redoing their kitchens at the same time? Only in one of these movies. I'll go with it. Emily and Becca see a cardboard cutout of Emily in a bookstore window. And Dara, the host of the Dear Hallmark podcast, and Bran and Panda over there that deck the Hallmark podcast, they have both written books recently, and I'll bet they don't have a cardboard cut out of themselves in any bookstore window, so kudos to Emily for that. Then we see some woman in the bookstore copping a feel on a cardboard cutout. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's all about, but hey, if you're into that type of thing, go for it. Emily gets a call from her publisher, Alan. He says, hey, I need your new book. You're on a deadline. I look away for a few seconds because I'm live tweeting while this sucker's on. I look up and I see two Danica McKellar standing next to each other. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on? Will the real Winnie Cooper please stand up? Next, we see Emma 
and Becca, they're having lunch. We find out that Emily broke up with her boyfriend a year ago, Michael. Mike, buddy, what's wrong with you, man? She's Winnie Cooper. Becca works at a proper property management company, and apparently it's her job to hire her friends to be to be caretakers of extravagant chalets. Becca says, hey, why don't you be the caretaker of this chalet for a week? The previous owner had to leave because his father fell and got injured. It's owned by some rich family in Europe. They're never there. All you have to do is knock some icicles off the roof and run water around the pipes or run water so the pipes don't freeze. Emily agrees. She arrives at the chalet. Becca left her a key and a fancy pen because apparently Emily can't afford to buy her own pens. Emily gets inside. She gets busy and starts writing, but she has writer's block. She's eating popcorn. She's using Becca's fancy pen, and she's reading a book called Getting Over Writer's Block, which is a good title for a movie. She's playing with paper airplanes, and she finds a photo album full of black and white photos. Ooh, what could it be? Next morning, Emily is awoken by a noise at the front door. And peeking through the door window, we have our first gack snack of 2022, Neil, because I bled so, a.k.a. Prince Henry. He's trying to open the door. She thinks at first he's a delivery man. Then she thinks that he's a burglar. So she tells him that she has four brothers stand with her who are army rangers. He says his family owns a chalet and that he is from Concordia. He shows her his key and his passport. But he only shows her the outside cover of the passport. And he doesn't open it. So she just opens up the door and lets him in. Because apparently burglars don't have passports. He, uh, he comes in and he asks her to make him some tea. His staff arrives behind him. Fritz and Miss Tilson. They say they tried to call to let, that, let her know that they were coming. But she didn't charge her phone because apparently, you know, when you're alone in a cabin in the woods, who needs a phone, right? Tilson calls Henry, your highness. And that's when Emily finds out that he is, in fact, the Prince Henry of Concordia. And she laughs because she doesn't believe it. She tells them that she has no Internet. Fritz says, oh, don't worry about it. I brought my own hotspot. And the password is off with their heads. And I love that password. I'm making that my password for everything now. Off with their heads. Emily looks him up on the internet and she freaks out when she realizes that he is, in fact, a Prince Henry of Concordia. Henry points out that Emily has her socks hanging from the Concordia crest above the fireplace, and he also compliments her bunny slippers. Henry gets on the phone with his father. Henry tells him, I'll be home in a week, but his father says, no, I want you to come home right away because you have a cabinet meeting you have to attend. And Henry says, ah, don't worry about that. My younger sister can do that. Fritz and Miss Tilson introduce themselves. Miss Tilson says she's Henry's chief of staff, and Fritz says he's his bodyguard and valet. And Emily decides she's going to pack up and leave. But Miss Tilson says, Oh, no, you're not. Henry needs you. You need to look after the chalet because he can't do everything. Emily calls Becca, and Becca says, Go ahead and break the contract and come home. Emily says, No, you'll get in trouble with your boss. Then we hear Miss Tilson playing the bugle. I was hoping to hear taps, but no dice. Henry's busy writing some speech for some peace treaty. Emily gives him some ideas about writing the speech, and Henry steals her fancy pen that Becca gave her. Tilson pulls Emily aside and says, hey, don't talk to the prince unless you're asked to. Tilson tells Emily to 
bring Henry the newspaper each morning with his breakfast. So apparently, now she has to make breakfast for this dude. Hey, that wasn't part of the contract. Henry gets on the video call with his father and sister. His father wants him to come home. Henry says, I can't come home right now. I have important stuff to do. During the video call, we find out that the chalet was owned by Henry's uncle. And Henry's father wants him to come home for his coronation, which is in a week. That's when Henry becomes king of Concordia. Now is when we find out that Henry is in town to sell the chalet. And he has to sell it before he becomes king because a king cannot inherit land outside of Concordia, which makes absolutely no sense to me because his, his family owns the land, right? But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a Concordia real estate attorney. One thing I want to know is why does Henry wait a week before his coronation before selling this property? Usually it takes six months to a year to sell real estate, doesn't it? I think Henry is a major procrastinator, but I can relate. So am I. Emily interrupts the video call with a newspaper, some gray scrambled eggs and some burnt toast. The newspaper says she printed off the internet and that she taped together. He knocks her pen off the table by the monitor. She bends down to pick it up and she disconnects the video call between Henry and his father. Oops, did I do that? Next, Emily is trying to write, but she is interrupted, interrupted by Fritz and Henry fencing. And here we get to see the hunky Prince Henry in a fencing costume. Emily's looking around the chalet because she misplaced her idea book. And Fritz, he accidentally threw it in the fire. He was using it as kindling. Henry runs to the rescue. He pulls the book out of the fire and he stomps on it. He gets soot all over his face and no one tells him that it's there. Miss Tilson talks to Emily and tells her to go to town and get a croissant and jam because today's Tuesday and Henry likes croissants and jam with his afternoon tea on Tuesdays. Apparently, Henry only eats croissants and jams on Tuesday, no other day of the week. She, so Emily, she goes into town. She can't find any croissants, but she runs into a donut shop owner. The donut shop owner tells her that she will make her a croissant-shaped donut because she is a fan, and she read her book, Romance in the Rockies, which sounds like another good movie title. Henry is in town. He's meeting with Wilson, this contractor that he hired to fix up the chalet. Emily sees them, and she starts eavesdropping on their conversation, and she realizes that Wilson has taken advantage of Henry, so she steps in and sets Wilson straight. Uh, here we find out that Emily used to be an accountant, at a construction company. So they go outside, they're talking on the street and Henry sees the paparazzi taking pictures of him. So he and Emily run away and they go have lunch. And while they're eating lunch, we find out that Henry's uncle named the chalet the Winter Palace. And hence, that's where the movie title comes from. Apparently his uncle never went there at any other time except the winter. Otherwise he could have named it the Summer Palace or the Spring Palace. No, he only went there in the winter. Forget those summer vacations. Who needs them? We also find out that the, his uncle built a chapel next to the chalet for, for people who couldn't afford to get married. They could have their wedding there. We see next we see Emily and he, Emily and Henry in the storage room, and they're looking around, looking at everything that's there. And he wants her to help him decide what to give to charity and what to keep. 
she finds some sculptures she asks henry who the artist is he says he doesn't know and then she finds a telescope they also find some hockey equipment hockey equipment and they go outside to play some hockey emily slips on the snow she falls down henry tries to help her up but he slips and he falls down and there's a cute little scene there and they joke around about henry having a stiff upper lip next ooh, next we learn about beatrix henry's on again off again main squeeze over there in concordia henry sees that emily is holding a chapter of her book that she's working on in her hand so he offers to read it and tell her what he thinks of it so he reads it and he tells her that he loves it she says she's having writer's block and she doesn't know how to finish it so he tells her about some game that he and his uncle used to play this snowball pass game that's supposed to help get over writer's block how i have no idea they pass the snowball back and forth a few times she throws the snowball at him and eureka her writer's block is solved she runs in and starts writing but she is interrupted by a pounding noise she goes outside and she sees henry sculpting on an owl or sculpting an owl it is then we realize that that was his artwork in the storage room henry decides to give fritz and tilson the day off and emily treats fritz to ski lessons and tilson to a spin class and a spa now i don't know about you but if i get a day off i think the last thing i want to do is go to a spin class right burning quads drenched in sweat on a stationary bike nah to each his own i guess henry asks wilson if there's anything he can do to help him out so wilson says yeah you can go into town and get some supplies so he asks emily if she wants to go with him they're walking on the street talking again and again they see the paparazzi taking pictures of him so they run away this time holding hands Ooh, it's starting to get romantic tilson sees this and she is not happy she gets on the phone to daddy dearest he tells her to get that chalet sold asap the sooner it's sold the sooner henry will come home tilson calls the real estate agent and tells them to get on the move selling that chalet so they send over a potential buyer he's looking around telling emily and henry everything that he's going to do to change the place He's going to knock out walls. He's going to put in a bar. He's going to build a home theater. And Henry is not happy about any of this. So Henry and Emily, they start making stuff up about everything that's wrong with the place. He tells, or Henry tells them that the place has bears. His uncle didn't have a permit to build it. There's something wrong with the fireplace. On and on and on. Then Henry decides he's going to help out and he's going to do some rewiring. He gets electrocuted, he blows a fuse, all the lights go out, and so they decide to have a candlelight dinner. Fritz tells everyone that he has a date with his ski instructor. Woo! Way to go, Fritz! My man! He also says he set up the telescope outside, uh, like Henry asked him to. So Henry asks Emily if she wants to go outside and join him in some stargazing. So they go outside, they're gazing at the stars, Henry's got his telescope out, and whoo! Emily likes his telescope. Henry tells her he doesn't want all the duties he's going to have when he becomes king. He already has enough duties as prince. And as king, he's going to have more. Plus, he won't have time to sculpt and enjoy life and look up at the stars. Tilson is concerned that Henry has lost his focus. And Fritz says, oh, he sure has, but he is happy. 
He's a happy, happy, a happy, happy, happy guy. Tilson gets on the phone with Henry's father, and Pop says he's going to take some drastic measures. Henry and Emily, they go shopping again out on the streets. He buys an apple. He buys a big pretzel like this. And they're having a good time. Uh, he tells Emily that he's going to make dinner, beef wellington. She doesn't think he's competent enough to make to tackle such a sophisticated dish. She tells him to make fajitas instead. And then they see that paparazzi guy taking pictures of them of themselves again. They're as they're joking around and sharing an apple. So they run away again. After the meal that Henry's made for everyone, he asks everyone what they thought. Fritz says it tastes like a wallet, or it tasted like a wallet. Henry and Emily, they go outside for a nice romantic walk after dinner. He tells Emily that he doesn't want to go home. They start to kiss and have a nice romantic moment, but it's interrupted by Daddy Dearest. Papa, why did you have to show up? Henry tells Pops he doesn't want the throne and that his younger sister should take it. But Pops throws a fit. He wants no part of that. He says, no, you're going to be king. Then Daddy tells him he has moved the coronation to Colorado and he's going to have it in the chapel. So apparently, you can become king of Concordia in Colorado, but you can't inherit land in Colorado when you're king. Okay. Emily gets on a video call with Becca, and she tells Becca that she's fallen for Henry. And Becca tells her that Beatrix and Henry are engaged, according to Concordia newspapers. Emily says, that's it. I'm out of here. She packs up, and she hits the road. But before she leaves, Henry's father stops her on the way out and tells her that she is doing the right thing by leaving. He then sees Fritz and Miss Tilson saying goodbye to Emily, and they're all hugging, and they're all getting emotional. Then Henry finds a note that Emily left for him that says something about every block of stone has a statue in it, and it's the task of the artist to discover it, or something like that. Emily goes back home. She meets Becca in a coffee shop, and she tells her that she left her idea book back at the chalet. So Becca tells her to go back and get it. So she goes back to the chalet. She sees there's a party going on in the chapel. So she goes in, and she sees Neil, because I bled so, looking all gacky snacky in his rented prince costume. He gives an emotional speech and says he's not going to be king. He asks his sister if she wants the throne. She's as happy as a clam, and for some reason, Daddy Dearest is not upset, which I don't understand. Five minutes ago, he was throwing a fit saying, no, you're going to be king. Now he's smiling, and he's all happy saying, yeah, whatever. Henry then sees Emily hiding behind a flag, so he runs over to her. He tells her he's staying in Colorado. If she stays at the chalet, they make out. That's the end. Everybody's happy except for me because I am completely blown away by this ending. It's definitely not how I thought it was going to go. I thought that he was going to be king, and I thought that she was going to move to Concordia and help him with all his new king duties. I couldn't believe he gave up the throne. I mean, come on, love is blind, buddy. Most relationships don't last. I think this guy's going to be face-palming himself in about a year after they break up. Oh, what did I do? I could have been the king of a freaking country. 
But we all know in these movies, no one breaks up. They're just going to shack up at the chalet and live happily ever after. Even though neither one can cook, they're just going to gaze up at the stars, eat and take out every night or royal nachos. Now let's think about this. Emily is a writer. What do you need to write? All you need is a computer and an internet connection. So she can write from anywhere in the world. Doesn't Concordia have computers on the internet? Or are they stuck in the 70s rocking out to the Bee Gees and Barry Manilow and wearing platform shoes? Of course they have an internet. Of course they have a computer and an internet because Fritz brought in a hotspot earlier in the movie. So the real reason she doesn't go to Concordia is because Henry doesn't want the responsibility of being king. He just wants to be a bum. But hey, if this guy wants to throw his life away for some chick he's only known for a week, what do I care? It was still a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Danica and Neil looked like they were having fun making it. It had a good supporting cast. I think it was a good movie for GAC to kick the new year off with. Go watch it. I think you'll like it. And let me know what you think when you do watch it. I can be reached at GAC TV podcast across all of social media. And I'm going to put my goggles back on for the end of this thing. <laughs> Once again, I can't see anything. Gackers, thank you so much for being here. I'm not promising anything, but hopefully this podcast will get better. <laughs> I'm Chad Maurice, and until we talk again, you keep your head up, keep smiling, and keep yakking and gacking.